Once again on WNHH LP 103.5 FM, your home for community radio. Hey, happy Thursday. Happy Thursday. I missed you guys. I hope everybody's well. Um, I just want to say thank you to all of you who have wished me all these prayers and everything. And everything has gotten well. Everything is much better now. I'm getting adjusted to my schedule. So again, I'd like to thank those of you that actually have been sending me all kinds of good energy. All the bad energy has been blocked. So I just wanted to put that out there. So today, um, Queen Cole is running a little bit late and I'm so very proud of her for the reason. I'll see if she wants to share that with you, but I'm proud of her because she is one of my babies that I've seen progress in business and education and helping the community. And what she's doing right now is so much more important than sitting here talking to you guys about things that I can help you with until she gets on to help you as well. So today I have tax tips tax tips from the IRS website I'm going to mention. And I'm also going to let you know that if you have any questions after the show, please feel free to reach out directly to me via Facebook, via, you know, this actual show, and we will get you some more information. So my goal with this show is to use the IRS website and show you uh, the actual facts. Instead of getting tax tips from your family and friends and them, and them um, you can actually go and search almost any question you have on the IRS website. And if you need someone to explain the jargon, we're there. You should be able to go to your tax professional and say, what is this word? Whoever does your taxes. And they should be able to explain to you those things. If they do not be questionable, ask them to ask somebody else. You can be sitting in one of these facilities that offer taxes for years and be sitting in front of somebody that is doing their first year of taxes. And if they ask you ask them a question, they don't know the answer, please tell them to find the answer. Somebody in the office should have the answer. So I'm going to start with the big one. This is a big one for our community in New Haven. A lot of people don't understand what EIC means. So I'm gonna break down that jargon. Earned income credit is something you can get with and without children. People don't understand that as well. Earned income credit is what it is. It is actually income that you have to go out and work for. It is not gambling winnings. It's not Social Security. It's not unemployment. It is not um, anything that you don't barter for. So basically, if you didn't do the work and get paid, you can't get earned income credit. Does that make sense to you? So, things like Social Security, one more time, the lottery tickets. Um, I always tell people, I know people love doing that, what do they call it? Um, the, under the, what do they call it? Under the table money. Sometimes the under the table money can help you get earning some credit. So, keep that in mind. Um, Harry, if I can share my screen, I wanted to go into childless earn income credit. The important part of me showing that, so let me know, I, I, I can't look at myself and us and see if my screen is showing. So um, I can see, let's see how can I do that. Well, I can pull me off to the side. Just pull me off to the side. And that way I can make me smaller 
and I can see what I see. And then I can go to the website. So if you can see my screen, I want to show you something called Childless Earn Income Tax Credit. So I'm not sure whether you can see my screen yet. I'm assuming that you can. On the irs.gov, no other website, it's irs.gov. When you put that in, you can tap in updates, you can tap in whatever you're looking for. On this website, specifically what I'm in is what's called EITC, Earned Income Tax Credit. So it might be boring for some of you because it is a jargon, but I bet you this part right here, what's new? And this has been new since 2021. What's new is they actually made it where childless earned income credit is expanded in 21 for people who are at least 19 years old with earned income below 21,430. Now don't expect to get a million dollars. Don't expect to get maybe more than a couple, maybe a hundred, a hundred or so. But if you have any income that you earned and you're 19 years old, you should try to file a return and see if you qualify at least for earned income credit. Even if you worked a job, I explained to people, this is how their dependents can file a return and still be dependents on their tax return. Now, you have a, 18, a child under 18 who worked at a summer camp and didn't make themselves exempt from taxes, an exempt student, which is something you can do. You can ask how, or you can look that up on how to do it. The employer, your child can ask the employer. When you do that, that's fine. You know you don't have to file a tax return because most kids are going to make under ten thousand. They're making a couple of bucks so they can get their McDonald's or you know Grubhub or Uber and Lyft like my child. <laughs> but if you are making under twenty one thousand four hundred and thirty dollars, you can get earned income credit. So how that works is your child is a dependent. By mistake, they made themselves single or they got something in their W two. Box two, the form that your employer sends you at the end of the year with your earnings. In that box two, if you see that your child has something in that box two, they can still file a return if they are your dependent. They just have to mark themselves as a dependent when they're filing. If you need questions, I do dependent returns for free on a regular basis. The reason why I do that is because a lot of parents don't realize that you're missing, their kids are missing out on an extra lunch money and it helps us as parents. So that's really cool. Now, <clears throat> you're a grown adult. You don't have any children. You worked, 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 worked. You might have uh, uh, housing or you might have gone out and made a little under 10,000, but you did have something taken out of your taxes. Don't expect to get more than whatever is in. As I said, the form called the W-2 that comes from your employer at the end of the year. But file it. Go downtown, have somebody file it for you for free. I think they're still doing it in the library. Give a call to me. Give a call to... There's a lot of free services online, too. I tell people to go online and search a free service. Make sure it's free. 
There's a lot of TurboTax and HR blocks in them that say free, but then when you get to the state, they charge you $20 for it. But you can actually go on the Connecticut state website to get that information. So I wanted to show you guys that. The maximum earned income tax credit for filers with no qualifying children is $1,502. Now, come on. Now, you made $21,430. You worked. Maybe you paid some taxes, but then you could possibly get an extra $1,500 and you did not have to have a child on your return. You know how many people miss out on that? Because they're afraid. So that's why I tell people that under the table money might not be benefiting them. It could be benefiting them if they took it up off the table, <laughs> put it on the table and claimed it so they could get some free money. Money's there. So that's one great thing. Now, the exception to this rule, people who are 18 years or older, formerly in foster care or experiencing homelessness. The problem with that to me is, of course, full-time students under age of 24 don't qualify because they're going to be on your tax return still. But if they did work, they will get whatever they paid if they made themselves an exempt student and made more than 21430 Now we're looking at getting in trouble. So anything that you don't understand, please feel free to ask questions later. I'm very willing to help you with that. So that's one. Now, I want to get into people that have children, the child tax credit and the earned income credit for a child. Now, they're two different things. What I explain to people is, the child tax credit itself is something you can get without earned income credit. But the trick to that is you have to have something on your return. The best way to maximize your refund is to keep it with the parents. Now, you and your baby daddy or you and your baby mama are not speaking and you guys are not on terms and it's something that you think that maybe you should... Uh, be getting and fluctuating back and forth because you're not married and she, you know, has the baby and you got child support, work it out because it works out for the best for both of you, especially if you're on child support, for you to go ahead and be able to take that child on your return if she's not filing a return and let that money go ahead to child support. That's what you just paid. You paid up some child support. I know people go, oh, my God, what the heck is she saying? She's I'm, I need to talk to my baby mom about taking the child because she's not taking the child. Because nine times out of ten, baby mamas or baby daddies will find somebody in the family that makes more income and give that child to them. And it's just going to screw you up in the long run. Because eventually the IRS is going to ask you, who is taking care of this child? If the dad or mom is paying child support and they see that down the road, they'll catch up with you. So keep it between the mom and the dad. My big thing was swapping kids is what I call it. Like, oh, this, oh, my cousin made more money than I did. So I gave my cousin my kids, but I have housing. I have child support. I have um, DSS support. I have all, remember, when they come back to you and say, okay, I'm going to, Social Security even, they come back to you and say, wait. You put your child on this person's return that makes this money, and they said they pay more than half of the support for your child. What's going on here if the child is on your things, your DSS, 
Department of Social Services. They're on your Social Security. They might be getting their own portion of Social Security because you're on it. And the big one, that child is in your house and your baby daddy, baby mama is paying child support because you need to have child support to support them. But now you just gave their dependent C, which gives you the earned income credit, tax credit, to someone outside of your home and you open up a can of worms. So those are some things I know happen in our community. And I'm talking to y'all. I've been doing this 33 years. And these are the things that I've seen. For 20 years of Asian Art Block, 13 years I've been on my own. And these are the things that I see. Now, child tax credit and earned income credit for a child are two different things. I want to go into the earned income credit literally for a child. Earned, see how easy it is to just look it up, EITC, or just put in the word earned income credit if you don't know what the jargon is or the acronym is for children. Now, this is a common mistake that I can't spell today. A common mistake that people make. The common mistake that people make is they think I didn't make enough to get earned income credit for my child. If you make $100, you have enough money to get earned income credit for your child. It is your child. If you made $100 and you are the only one that made the $100, please keep your child in your household. I know people like to maximize their money. The reason being is that they are getting more strict with that. I literally right now have a very close client who has had all seven of her children stolen. Now, can you imagine being a single parent, having seven kids, being used to having a very healthy tax return on time, and finding out all of your kids have been taken? This is a problem that happens when you child swap, as I call it. Stop swapping your children. Don't do it. Don't do it. Just because you can get some money. When it comes back to bite you, nobody will be able to take your child for the rest of their childhood. It is just not worth it. So when you search what I just searched, and it said who qualifies for an income credit, that's the one without. You can go to definitions, acronyms. We don't go into that. So when we go into tribal, there's tribal on here. You know, I received a letter from the IRS about my credit. Now, nine times out of 10, that's a letter because you've been denied credit before. Now, if you get a form, uh, something in the mail and it says you need to file, it's called like an 8863. It's going to... That's more jargon. It's basically a form saying that you've been denied earned income credit before. You acknowledge that you've been denied earned income credit before, and now you can get it. But until you do that form after being denied, you will never get your earned income credit. I've had people come to me and say, well, I haven't taken my kids for four years because they told me I couldn't get it. And they sent me a letter saying I couldn't get it. The letter does not say you cannot get it. It says you need to file a form to get it. Now, I have gone back as far as four years doing this form to people to re to get to reclaim their free money, earn income credit. So the important part of that is that they give you interest on that. So if you've ever had a letter sent to you and given up because they said, oh, you 
have to file this form, 8863, to get your earned income credit. And you saw it as, I just can't take my children anymore. You're wrong. Nine times out of 10, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. Especially if you decided that, okay, so I'm going to just give my children to somebody else and let them get the credit. Because now you've shot yourself in the foot when you do your 8863. They've already been claimed, you're bringing up questions. And that's definitely when they're going to say, guess what? You'll never get earned income credit for this child again because we caught you swapping your children. So the credit itself, people like to know the money. And I need to explain to you guys right now. This is what I need to explain to you because there are new options for claiming earned income credit and additional child credit. Now, when I say additional child credit, they're talking about the third child. The earned income tax credit is one of the biggest tax breaks for working people. Now, with three or more qualifying children, you could be eligible for up to 6660. Without qualifying children, you get 538. Now, remember I said there's people with childless earned income credit. That's the 538. That's that. So let me explain to you how earned income credit actually works. The credit itself goes according to what you make. There's a maximum you can make to zero it out. The minimum is going to be right along with that 2100 to get the maximum. So if you work and you make 21,000, you have three kids, you may qualify for the entire 6660. But remember, that's free money and you can only get it when you went out to earn it. So I'm going back to earned income credit. That's the problem. People don't understand. You got to go out and work for it. You can't put your social security on there. I'm saying it again. You can't put your gambling debt. So this is why I tell you that under the table money needs to come off the table sometime because then you're missing out on these things. You're giving your kids to somebody else because you don't have money on the books. Nobody has money on the books. Literally, nobody has money on the books. I just want to explain to people also with social security that have children in this situation. I have some people that have social security and have children. They work a little job and they don't quite understand why they're not getting the whole 6660. You're not going to get that whole 6660 because you have unearned income. Now, your unearned income works down your earned income for you to get the earned income tax credit. I know it sucks. You got free money, you're gonna get less free money. So you got, really, Social Security is not free, but you've gotten Social Security, you want free money, you wanna take your children, you worked a little job, but you got Social Security. It's not gonna be the 6660, just because your your Social Security and your regular little job or part-time job or whatever you're doing adds up to the 21, it might even just be a thousand dollars, but it's still your money for your children. So keep that in mind. Now the additional child tax credit, now people go, oh, I got seven kids. I'll put them all on my turn. Worst thing you could do because you're going to get your child tax credit additional. Now I do tell people, and this is under strict advisement of your situation. If you and your baby daddy live together, do not, and I repeat, do not have 
your kids split up four on one return, three on one return, and think that you can both be head of household. One of you has to be head of household. The other one has to be single with the children. The reason being, especially bad thing that we do is we put somebody else's address on the return so we can be head of household and that messes up that household eventually. It's just not a good thing to do. It's not ethical. So you can be single and take your three kids and get your earned income credit. You're just single instead of head of household. Now, when I say single, even though you're not single, there could only be one head of household in a household. That is very hard to understand because there are two working parents sometimes, but there could only be one head of household in a household unless you're married. Now, if you're married, filing jointly, you got 20 kids, then go for it. All y'all go on one return. Get what you can out of it. My suggestion to you in that situation is keep your kids in the household. I just don't want anybody losing their kids for the entirety of their childhood. That is the basic penalty for doing that. So again, in the website, irs.gov, going back to that, because I really want you guys to understand that irs.gov is the only site that you should be going to to get federal tax information. irs.gov. Now, on this site, there is this little thing called the EIT, here I go again with the acronyms, EITC Assistant. This assistant, you can go in and put your money in. It'll tell you, matter of fact, let me see if it'll do, I don't know if it'll do it for me, but um, you can go into here and you can see the breakdown to the calculator. Now, do not use this calculator and think that you're gonna come to me or any other tax professional and get the same number because your circumstances might not be cut and dry and you also might be in, entering the wrong information. You can select your tax fare. So let's see if I qualify, just, just for in, in general. Well, I'm going to go into tax fare this year, all right? I'm going to go, hmm, let me see. I'm a citizen of the United States. I'm going to go to the next. And I have a valid social security number. Just basic questions. These are great tools. Go figure the IRS has the information for you. So your cousin and, I mean, your cousin, your family and friends and him, might know, but then when you pull out your cat, say, look, I'm going to IRS website and let me show you what really happens. So will someone else claim you as a dependent? You can't be a dependent claiming a dependent. Grandmas, hello, grandmas, can't, my daughter's a dependent. She can't have a dependent because she's a dependent. So keep that in mind. Put the child and the child on your return. Now, this right here is a question people don't realize. Earned income credit is very, very strict. What was your age at the end of 2023? Here we go. 24 and over. That's 25 to 64. I like that. I don't have to tell. But you all know I'm brief 52 next month. And you go to next. Just, just go right through it. Filing status. If you don't know your filing status, just put no. In this case, I'll put yes because I want you guys to see the options. Single. Single is single, not boot up, because boot up is not married filing jointly. You are single until you're married as far as the IRS is concerned. You can be head of household 
or married filing jointly. There's not you can't be married filing jointly and head of household. So it's either married filing separately, married filing jointly, or head of household if you're single, single. So you could be single with kids, head of household with kids, married filing jointly with kids, married filing separately with kids, which is the absolute worst filing status in the world. It takes away all the credits. So I'm going to go into this part now. After I've gone through that, now after you're finished with this calculator, I'm just going to go here and put some money in here just to see. So it says, oh, I didn't choose what I wanted to be. So in this case, I want to be head of household. I'm going to be head of household. I'm going to let them know that I am not married. That's the trick question. Now, if you put yes, it's going to tell you you can only be married filing separately or married filing jointly. You can't be head of household and married. It's the worst mistake you can make because they're coming after you eventually 10 years later because they can. I'm going to put that I have five or more kids because I just want you guys to see that. Next. Now, don't come to me because you put this in because sometimes it might be wrong. Wages, salary, and tips. Now, if you don't know on your W-2 where this information is, it's box one on your W-2, which is the form that your employer sends you at the end of the year with your, in, with your income on it. Box one. So I'm just going to put that, oh, I made $20,000. Okay? So now I made $20,000, and I don't have any HSA. I don't have any health insurance, and I don't have any of these. I'm not self-employed gross income because that's a different scenario. We'll go through that. Probably next show. I'm sure I'll have another one eventually. Um, and then the taxable, no taxable. I'll just go through all this. If you have any of these scholarships, grants, to any of this, check it. I'm going to put none of the above because, you know, it's easier right now. But if you do have any of those, please check it because it will give you the answers properly. Because you're going to come to me and you're going to have one of those. Or you're going to come to whoever or go to your tax professional and have one of those. And it's going to change this number at the bottom. And then you're going to go, well, why didn't I get what it said I was going to get? Because you didn't enter it right. So now, has a child lived with you more than half the year? Now, this is where I try to tell you. They, they're asking you these questions so they can get you on them later. It's important for you to understand the questions that you're answering to get free money for having children in the United States. Can someone else claim the child? If you put yes, then you're not gonna be able to do anything with that child. If you put no, and you've given the other parent a form or a statement or something in the court says that it's their year to file that child, it's coming back. Don't do it. Is the child married? Now, um, we're in Connecticut. I don't see too many, you know, child brides. So thank God. Um, this is a very important question too, because it adds more money to your refund. Is the child permanently or totally disabled? If you have that situation, put yes. And it's going to ask you what type of child it is. If it's a grandchild, sibling, your actual child, that will make a difference in the outcome of your earned income credit believe it or not. Don't skip over the question because you got a problem with saying that, you know, your child has an issue. Guess why the child does not qualify? The child doesn't qualify because I put none of the above. You can't get an income credit on a child that's not related to you and do not lie about it. It's not ethical. 
some people do it, but it's not ethical. Now, if you put your child, go through it. Now, it's going to ask you, the child is under, 20, under 18, 2023. Does a child have a valid social security number? Now, I know some of y'all are like, oh, my God, this is too much of a drag to be doing it. It says child qualifies. Now, because I did five children, I have to do this question for all people. Now, I'm going to do it just because I want you guys to see. Child live with me. Nobody can claim a child. The child is not married. And next. So they're pretty easy questions. Oh, there I go again. I'm going too fast for myself. But needless to say, go through this calculator. Child is not disabled. And the child is your child. And yeah, you have to do this for every child. And the reason why is because the information needs to be accurate that they give you. Now, you can press a good old thing called Control-P to print the actual page, bring it to your preparer, and they might be able to tell you what you did wrong. So that's the best part of doing it yourself. See, it says the child qualifies, so you just keep answering the questions. Now I'm on my, my third child. I just want you guys to see what the maximum earning income credit is for $20,000 having more than three children. Because I don't want you to come sit down with somebody or go sit down with somebody and be mad at them because you can't get it. And I'd like to say again that you're listening to Marcy Lynn once again, rambling on about taxes. Oh, dull and boring. But hopefully I'm helping you, someone out there. Um, on 103.5 WNHH, New Haven Independence Community Radio. Your home for community radio. I hear Harry saying that all the time. But yes, this is community radio, but it is for everybody this is not my show, I always say, it's your show. Please, please support all of us. We are here for you. Here at this radio station, we are so here for you. So, of course, the child's not married. So now we're going to go down. Oh, the child's not permanently, permanently, permanently disabled. I can't talk today. And it is my actual child. All right. And under 18. So this is kind of like the boring part of doing this part. But guess what? I have told them that these are all my children and I qualify, all my children qualify. And step five of five says what? Guess what my estimated earned income credit is? $7,430. But I'm going to press control P to print this and take it to my preparer and show them what I got. And they're going to show you the mistakes that you made with the calculator if you get less. If that preparer cannot do that for you, I would honestly question it. They should be able to look at it and say, okay, well, this child is not disabled. And you put disabled, this child is whatever. But $7,430 in free money because I made $20,000 for the year. What do you think? Of course somebody rings my doorbell. Um, hold on just a moment. So now I'm going to go into, and I'm sorry about that. Can you please let whoever that is know I'm on live okay. and they will have to wait. So it's probably a tax client, but I did tell some of them. But look, right here it tells you you can file right online. That's the greatest thing. Now, I want to go into getting your individual personal protection pin. So... 
I would like you to go in here and search. People don't understand that there is a little thing called an IPIN that is attached to your social if you've chosen to be or if the IRS has delegated that it needed to be. I'm searching IPIN. When I say to you or somebody says to you, we need your PIN number to get your return to go through. Oop, that's me searching bad, sorry. Um, you can actually go onto irs.gov, irs.gov forward slash I-P-P-I-N. Now, that is actually, you can get it online. Guess what? But you got to know all of your information. This number here serves as a protection to your social security number. Now, I don't know if any of you as of late got the letter from Welltalk from Yale. Welltalk sent out a bunch of letters because there was a breach in the system at Yale. What they did is explain to you what happened and how you can protect your children, social security, not social security number, but basically their medical information. But because that happened, you can get one of these numbers for your children for the rest of them, their lives just to make sure that they're protected, just to make sure whoever hacked their system, WellTalk sent out the information, um, that their information is safe. Now, if you got that WellTalk letter, wasn't understanding what Yale was saying to you about a breach in their system, on that letter, you can also go to Equifax and put an alert on your child's social for free which is normally a service that costs. I suggest you do that and get an IPIN. You can literally go right here on this website I'm showing you, irs.gov, I forward slash, I-P-P-I-N, and get what's called the Identity Protection Pin. Now, the identity perfection pin is six digits. They'll send you a letter even after you do this, and they'll mail it to you. The letter is called a CP01A notice. It's boring, blah, 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 blah. But this number will have to go with your social security. I don't care if you're looking for a car, look at, get a credit card, whatever. That IPIN number is going to have to be a number that you keep in your head, like a regular pin number that goes with your social security number no matter what you do for the rest of your life at that point. So the best thing to do is you can go in here and you can do an application for one or if you're requesting in person. Now, the best part of this also is you can go in here, oh my goodness, I forgot my iPad, I'm not sure what it is. I can go right here and I can get an iPad. I can get one. So. You didn't remember what it was. You have to go in here. You have to set up. These two IDMEs are the best thing you can ever have. Once you sign up for those two accounts, you're able to go into your Social Security, anything to do with the federal government, any documents that you might be submitting for a business, everything with this one login. So it's worth doing it. They do ask you to scan your license back and front, scan your face. You got to do all that like you do with the iPhone. You have to make sure that you have your social security card, maybe a W-2, something other than just your license to prove that you're you. But it's the best thing you can have. And once you go in there, 
You can get your eye pinned. So your return doesn't have to be held because you have to wait for a letter to come in the mail. But you have to know your information. If you've never done it before, do not get scared because sometimes they'll bring up addresses you forgot about for you to confirm that you lived at. This is really the IRS. This is really the federal government checking to make sure it's you before they give you a number that's going to be related to your social security number. So I'm grateful for it. So because I'm going to run out of time and I don't want to hold on to anything one too long, I'm going to go into the qualifying tuition deduction and child care credit. And that'll be about enough at that point. So the qualifying tuition credit, how it's filed and who should file it. Um, you have a child who is in school. You want to keep them on your tax return, but you want to have them get the maximum scholarships and grants and things. This child is working every time they come home. They're doing what they need to do. Take them off your return. Take them off your return. You know why? Because guess what's going to be lessened? You won't be paying a whole bunch of student loan. You won't be having to get extra loans because they're on your tax return. Take them off your tax return and look, guess what they're getting? Some of them are going to get a stipend. They're going to get more money than they need for the semester. And some of it, they most of it, they won't have to pay back because now they're not on your turn. They're not on your return. But a lot of them that will be, they're adults already, really. But when they start adulting and you still have the student loan, they're not going to pay it for you. <laughs> some of them, hopefully some of them will still be able to have a career. So when I say qualifying tuition deduction, your child has decided to stay on your return. You take it. You take that deduction. It is a what we call non-refundable credit. In other words, if you have no taxes left, they're not going to give you the credit. If you have no tax taxes owed, they're not going to give you the credit. When I say that, I mean, if you go to the tax line on whatever form that you get from your preparer and there's zero in there already, the qualifying tuition deduction is not going to help you. They will give you what's called the credits. Now, those credits, like the educational credit, all right, those educational credits are refundable. But when it comes to the qualifying tuition deduction, they're limited. So because it says $6,000 on the form, they're not going to give you $6,000. They might give you $1,000 cash money or $2,500 cash money. But would you rather your kid get that 25, your child, I should say, get that $2,500 to take back to school and get all they can as far as free schooling? Or would you rather keep them on your return, be drowning in student loans with them when they graduate, just because you want to get that $500 and maybe a thousand, maybe $3,000 a year? It's going to cost you a lot more later in the down and in the long run paying off those student loans. Hello, look what everybody's going through right now when they just reverse everything back. A lot of things with the government are temporary when it comes to your taxes. So that's what I want to go with for that. Now, 
my next big thing, and that'll probably carry us out today, and I know you'll probably be very, very happy that you just listened to my voice all day today, but on the irs.gov website, and you just want to see what's new for this year, you can simply just go to updates. So you go IRS, you see I have Instacart junkie, RS, oh, S, .gov, forward slash, updates. Now I have all these bookmarks because, you know, I like to go and see what's going on with the new stuff. Oh, wait, I did something wrong. So I'll just go to iris.gov. It should be the first page. So when you go onto the website, you can get your tax record. All of these are with the ID me site that I just showed you. As long as you sign in there, you get all of this stuff very easily, all your payments. And guess what you can get? Answers to your tax questions. So just go to iris.gov and just click on get the answers to your tax questions. And it's great because it's an interactive assistant. This is where you go to ask your questions. If your questions don't make sense, don't blame the system. So these are some of the things. Do I need to file a return? How do I file a deceased person's tax return? I apologize that, you know, I, I my heart goes out to a lot of people. This has been a very rough 2023 for a lot of people. So which form should I use to file my taxes? Most Online software will figure that out for you. But after you look at it and it's done, figure out what form is the first form that it's actually in there. And what is the due date for my federal tax return? Am I eligible to request an extension? Extensions, I don't even look at extensions until sometimes March for a lot of my clients. Some people, I just put it in automatically April 1st because I know they're not going to be ready. And then the big one. Should I file an amended return? This is what I want to spend this last couple of minutes going over. I have pe had people come. I have had heard of people coming and having W-2s from the various years. Each year has to have its own return. You can't hold a W-2 because it's a little bit of money and think you can add it into the next year. It's foolishness because every year you have to do your taxes according to the year that's on your W-2, your 1099, which is for self-employed people. That's another jargon. It's another form that you get that has no tax money taken out of it, which is, like I said, that under the table money that sometimes you want to take off the table because you'll put it on the table because you want to get some money out of it. And I really, really, really want people not to think that they should hold on to documents after they get them, after they file their return. If you get something in the mail that says important tax document, please send it to your preparer, give it to your preparer. Make sure that you are not, and again, I say shooting yourself in the foot, like Della Reese's pinky toe, you hear me? Because what happens is I am an income tax professional. H&R Block has income tax professionals. All these other places have income tax professionals. And we can only do what you give to us. If you get a letter later on and it says, 
up. We audited you and you did not match what we got because that's all we do as preparers. We are your preparers. We take what you give us, we match it, put it on a return. We send it to the IRS and they say, this is everything on their return. Looks like they're going to get this refund that they're requesting. This is everything on the return. Looks like they owe that money that they owe. That is all we are required to do is submit the return. We do not have a bank that we pay you from unless your, your fees are coming out of your return. Then there's a bank involved, but we still don't control that money. Now, all we are doing is requesting an amount from the federal government. If you have liability, if you owe child support, back taxes, any of those wonderful things that the, now listen, old unemployment, all that stuff. There's even some bills I think that they are now able to attach to your returns. You can simply call one, 800-304-3107 and see if it says that you owe anything. 800-304-3107. Nobody else can call that number for you because the question it says that they're, they're recording the phone number to make sure it's you asking for this information. You get the information, find out if you have a liability and be prepared for it to be withheld from your refund. On that note, if you are married to someone and you're doing a married filing jointly return to keep all of your child tax credit and all of your dependents and all of your great credits, because married filing separately removes all that, you can do what's called an injured spouse and make sure you have all of the children, all of the income besides your spouses on your side of the return so you can get the most out of the return and they could take their whatever they took out of their taxes for their liability and the rest of the money will be delayed but it can come to you so don't shoot yourself in the foot by holding documents that come late that's number one don't shoot yourself in the foot by doing married filing separately because your spouse owes child support or owes whatever he owes or owes or whatever she owes or any other liability because you called that 304 number I gave you. You need to go ahead, bite the bullet, do injured spouse, get whatever's taken, taken, Pay up your liability so you can get out of that situation and maximize your refund as married filing jointly. Now, I have given you what I can give you for today. I hope that this information helps people, and I'm sorry that Cola wasn't able to make it, but I'm glad that she's doing what she's doing, and I appreciate that she's doing what she's doing because it's going to make so much of a difference in our community. Again, I'm Marcy Lynn. You're listening to me on 103.5 WNHHLP, Earned Income Credit. I'm sorry, I can't see that, Harry, but I'll look it up. Sorry. <laughs> I'll, look, I'll punch it up. Um, earned Income Credit. Harry, I can't see that, but I'll answer the question. Yeah. Up. I love you, and there's nothing you can do about it. <laughs>